Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and this time we're going to chat with Andrew Bartlow. Andrew has 25 years of HR and talent management experience at organizations across a wide spectrum of sizes, maturity stages, and industries. Andrew is the co-author of Scaling for Success, People Priorities for High Growth Organizations, and he has a master's degree from the top program in his field and has been CECP, SPHR, Six Sigma, and Executive Coaching Certified. Andrew leads Series B Consulting, which helps businesses to articulate their people strategy and accelerate their growth while navigating rapid change. He also founded the People Leader Accelerator, which is the preeminent development program for startup HR leaders. Andrew, welcome to the HR Chat Show today. Bill, thank you so much. Really pleased to be with you. Andrew, beyond my wee introduction there, why don't you start by taking a minute or two and telling our listeners all about yourself. Don't tell them too much about uh, uh, what you get up to right now. And um, also, I'm going to tease you uh, more information from you later on about uh, Waypoint Homes. But uh, if you want to briefly mention your career with Waypoint Homes and, uh, and tell our listeners generally about your career background to start, that would be great. Sounds great. Yeah. Well, th- thank you again for hosting me. Really uh, privileged to be with you. Um, so I have a long career in human resources. Um, 25 years right out of grad school, have worked for Fortune 50 companies uh, like General Electric and Wells Fargo, um, startups along the way, less than 50 employees. And um, you mentioned Waypoint Homes. I helped, uh, I helped them go public and uh, become what is now known as Invitation Homes as their head of human resources. Um, yeah, so I did that for about 25 years and uh, pulled my golden parachute a few years ago and started consulting and advising both with uh, private equity portfolios, uh, with venture portfolios, and really the favorite thing that I'm doing right now is is working one-on-one with HR leaders, helping them to be more successful. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Uh, I did guide you somewhat there. Uh, when I asked you to tell our listeners about yourself, not to say too much just yet about uh, your time at Way Waypoint Homes, because um, I want to chat to you a bit about that now, actually, before we get into more current questions, if you like. I'd, I'd, I'd love to get your take as someone who was instrumental in, in scaling uh, an organization up to, I, I believe it's a, a $14 billion plus publicly traded company today. Um, I'd love to get your take. Can you maybe share some of the challenges of leading HR efforts at a company that's scaling at that kind of speed? Sure, sure. Yeah, thank you. Um, So this dates back to, it was probably 2014 when I joined them and about 2018 when I left. During that period, we went public a, a couple of different times, actually, through a series of reverse mergers and private equity sponsor uh, entries and exits. And uh, we changed our name a few times. It's now known as Invitation Homes. Uh, So when I joined, we had about 400 employees and we're based in Oakland. Um, And when I left, we had about 1,700 employees and we're based in Dallas. Um, We were initially founder-led. 
still trying to figure out the model. Um, very entrepreneurial in nature. Um, and we became a you know, pretty, uh, I, I'm a little biased about this, a pretty well-run publicly traded organization with scalable uh, processes. And, and there's, there's a lot to that, um, a lot to um, changing from pirates to the Navy, um, keeping that entrepreneurial spark and drive while trying to drive more similarity in the things that you do so that you can operate in you know, 30 plus different markets across the United States. Um, you know, so that, that was, that was probably the largest challenge is how do you hold on to your secret sauce um, and, and continue to grow uh, while thinking about that growth with a more scalable, consistent mindset. Okay. So you've been there, you've done it. You're, you, you, you're pretty proud of uh, some of the achievements that you've had so far and you're, you're giving back with um, some of the lessons in your new book. And we'll talk, to, talk about that more later. But before we get there, why do you believe that folks should maybe explore a career in HR? Let, let's, be, let's begin at the beginning, shall we? You know, for those who are, are thinking about maybe studying HR at university or entering an HR career for, through a different channel, what, why, why is it still an, a, an appealing career today in 2022 well well now more than ever really um we're we're in the golden age of human resources there there's never been more attention on our function as we emerge from the pandemic hopefully as we explore remote and distributed work um, new, new models of working are continuing to evolve um, and the great resignation or the great reshuffling, whatever you choose to call it, um, this war for talent and attraction and retaining um, of, of your target worker population, uh, human resources is being relied on now truly more than ever. And so the, the opportunity for impact and influence um, is, is greater than ever before. Pay rates are skyrocketing in the in the human resources function. There you go. At, at join HR, you'll get paid well. Um, at, at least you can. Um, more more importantly, I think is that you're able to contribute in a meaningful way to an organization, to the uh, lives of the people that work there, um, and to building something better for your community. Another great answer, and in the middle of there, you, you said, and there you go, you get paid well as well. That, that's that's always a added bonus. My next question was going to be, how can more junior HR pros develop a successful career over time, Andrew? But I think that's a bit of a bland question now that I look at it again. So instead, I'd actually like to spin that a wee bit. I'd, I'd love to maybe hear from you if you had a mentor, a couple of mentors within the HR function when you were more junior professional who gave you any tips about how you could develop your career i i did and boy one one story really jumps out at me uh john beresford um here we go i'm naming names um he was the hr director in the in the midwest for pepsi bottling group my first job right out of grad school and uh you know i was young and highly motivated and working hard and maybe a wee bit arrogant and wanted to move rapidly in my career um, and john uh, sat me down and uh and, and told me told me a story he he said 
um, a career is like a marathon. Um, marathon is 26.2 miles. A career, if you're lucky, is 30 years. Um, think about your career over the long term. You want to build a set of experiences um, and, and really dedicate the first 10 years of your uh, of your working life to gaining really high quality experience. If you do that, and maybe that's working in um, out of the way places, maybe it's not focusing on earning as much as you could, uh, but gain those really high quality experiences. If you do that and build that great foundation over the next 10 years of your career, you can cash it in, you can accumulate wealth, and you'll continue to acquire great experience during that second 10 years. And if you do both of those things, you've accumulated wealth, you've gathered really high quality experience in the third 10 years, all the choices are yours. You can hang a single shingle like I did um, and become a consultant and advisor. You can shoot the moon and try to become head of your function at a major organization. Uh, you can retire early. Uh, whatever it is, the choices are yours. So, you know, John, I think set set up that story in in such a way that it helped me be less anxious about what month my next move would be in, and scratching for that next you know dollar in my base pay, and think more about who am I working with, where am I working for, what what stub toes am I gathering along the way that might be helpful down the road, and. Um, I've tried to pass that on. I, I do it now here on your podcast, and I, I try to encourage people that are growing in their careers to, you know, be planful and think about their career over the long term. Okay, okay, thank you. Let's test you then, shall we? Let's, um, let, let's see. In sixty seconds or less, how? how <laughs> I don't know. Maybe just use uh, bullet points, uh, numbers. I don't know. Uh, in sixty seconds or less, then. Andrew, how can HR leaders be more strategic? Work on the right things. Really comes down to that. Um, HR can often get sucked into you know bright shiny objects and progressive practices and you know keeping up with the Joneses. Um, uh, but if you work on the right things, more specifically, what are the things that will help your organization meet its goals without making giant logic leaps? Um, if you're trying to expand into Europe, what are the things that your function can do that can support expansion into Europe? Uh, rather than focusing on, you know, d doing the navel gazing and, and thinking more about what HR activities are, um, are, are progressive or popular, you know, get really focused, work on the right things that support your organization right now. Bringing it back to the current context, what are, what are some of the most significant challenges or most common things that you're seeing uh, that HR leaders are facing at the moment? Andrew, maybe include the mental health of employees and, and how to support that. Yeah, but Bill, I'd say that's what we're talking about is the dark side of what I called earlier the golden age of HR. So it, the human resources function is being relied on now more than ever, but it's being relied on now more than ever. Um, and that's hard especially when it's unbroken ground and, you know, something new. Um, you know, this, this profession is under pressure. Um, and, and so that's, that's a huge challenge. We're trying to figure out answers to things that haven't really been answered before. You know, how do you deal with distributed work? How do you um, operate 
an organization in the midst of a pandemic. Um, the the great resignation, great reshuffling, the the worker attraction and retention challenges that we're facing now are maybe larger and somewhat different than ever before. And so there is there's real burnout, dropout, opt out happening in um, in the human resources profession. Uh, so that's that's a real challenge. Okay, thank you. What else? What are the other big challenges that you're seeing at the moment uh, that HR leaders are are facing? We we haven't spoken too much about attraction. We've spoken there. You're speaking there about uh, keeping employees happy, I guess, and there's workforce planning aspects to that. But specifically around uh, around attraction, around the great resignation. You know, no episode that I do can <laughs> can pass by without a, a, a we mention there the great resignation. Are there other things that companies can do from the top? down to ensure a more attractive employer brand, for example. Yeah. Well, I, I love that you're talking about employer brand. I, I refer to EVP or employment value proposition frequently. And the, uh, the, the math on the EVP or your sell story is likely changing, is likely evolving. And if you haven't um, articulated your EVP very well in the past, now it's become uh, much more important to do so. If the, if the labor pool that organizations are able to uh, recruit from is now worldwide, or at least within the you know, next couple of time zones in, in, your, in your region, versus the 30 miles that you know, people used to be able to drive to get to the office for massive reach in terms of opportunity to hire great workers. That, that works for you and it works against you. It works for you and that you're able to recruit people from anywhere works against you and that all of your competitors, um, many other companies are ringing up or reaching out to your current workers. So the, the EVP um, needs to be clear as to why somebody would come work for you or why they would stay. Um, you could also refer to it as a WIFM, what's in it for me? Um, and I think a lot of organizations are still you know, somewhat um, struggling with the idea that they used to be able to post, post and hope, post and pray. Uh, there, there's a, a job that we're offering. Let's then screen the applicants. Um, well, nowadays you really need to do more to attract people to come work for you. Be, be clear and be differentiated. Um, you know, so the, so the EVP is enormously important in today's environment. You know, I'd add that um, distributed work, work from anywhere is a challenge that uh, managers, leaders, and HR professionals are still trying to figure out. So we've, we've come up with policies and programs to help people remote, um, remote work. But I think the next, the next ground on this front will be productivity and performance management. If you used to be able to walk by and you know, chat with somebody about what they're working on or have your hallway meetings or look over somebody's shoulder at their computer screen, um, I, I think that performance management and productivity will be different if and almost certainly more challenging in this remote and distributed environment. And what are managers and HR professionals doing to help ensure that people are working on the right things, that they're getting the help and the guidance that they need, um, and that they're not just um, you know, cast, cast out into, uh, into the world and who knows what people are working on if you're not able to you know, check in with them effectively. 
I've interviewed a couple of uh, technologies which are uh, along um, sort of employer or employee monitoring lines in the past, and uh, they, they profess to have lots of scary statistics that they can report back. But uh, that's another story for another day. We're not going to go there today, listeners. Um, Andrew, you presented sessions, multiple sessions, I believe, at the March 2022 Hacking HR Global Online Conference. I, I, I'm lucky to be uh, one of the organizers of the Hacking HR Toronto chapter from time to time when we can do them in person. Um, one of the topics that you addressed was transforming HR strategy into financial metrics. That sounded pretty interesting to me. So I wondered if maybe you could share a bit about it and tell us about some of the hope for learning outcomes. Sure, sure. Yeah, I was very privileged to have been a part of, I think it was three different panels and they they offered me the opportunity to do a brief TED style talk. Um, You know, all around the same central topic of uh, strategy. Um, how, how How are you more closely connected to the business? What can you do? to be more successful as an HR leader? You know, how do you be strategic? And the financial metrics, I think it's more about, goes back to the things that you work on. Again, if, if your why for suggesting that your team, your function, or you, know, you yourself, if you're a one-person HR department, is we, we need to work on these five things over the next quarter or the next year. Well, why? Why those things? If that's not directly related to what your organization is trying to accomplish, um, I talked about expand into Europe. Maybe it's double your headcount. Maybe it's you know double your revenue. Maybe it's uh, you know get a new feature set uh, for your software product uh, shipped. Um, if your activities and initiatives are not directly related to those things, you're probably working on the wrong things. If you're not speaking in the language that your most important decision makers and stakeholders you know, care about, which would be your CEO, your investors, the board, um, you know, chances are they're not listening to you, at least not with the type of attention that you need to be successful. So you know, how, how do you transform HR strategy into financial metrics? It's first, work on the right things. And second, measure those things in terms of the output that they create uh, for your organization. So that could be labor dollars, that could be turnover rate, that could be revenue growth. Um, I could tell you a story, if you like, about how the recruiting team that I led back at Washington Mutual many years ago uh, helped double the revenue of the organization. We, we didn't measure headcount as closely as we did um, you know, incoming uh, loan production volume. Um, so if you're speaking in the language, this is a long answer, if you are speaking in the language that your stakeholders care most about and you're working on the right things, you will naturally be talking about numbers and metrics that show up in board decks and investor presentations. Okay, thank you. I would like a longer anecdote around that team that you were building. However, these podcasts are typically 20 to 30 minutes because we see our <laughs> listeners um, have that kind of attention span for uh, our sorts of chats, our, our co- casual conversations between cool kids. So we're going to try and stick to that time frame for today. However, I definitely, definitely want to get you back on, Andrew. You're a very interesting and successful man. Before we do wrap up, how can our listeners maybe learn more about you um, and connect with you? So maybe through LinkedIn, maybe you want to share your email address, whatever you want to do there. How can they check out Series B Consulting and find out 
what they do. And of course, how can they get a copy of your book, Scaling for Success, People Priorities for High Growth Organizations? Well, well, thank you so much, Bill. You're, you're very kind. Uh, we're off camera. I'm blushing. Um, you know, please link in with me or follow me um, on LinkedIn. There aren't that many Andrew Bartlows, so just reach out. Um, I would uh, love to have your audience check out my consulting website. You mentioned it, seriesbconsulting.com. And then there's a executive education program uh, that I founded called People Leader Accelerator. So if you're an HR leader, you want to learn to be more successful, particularly in a high growth environment, we have a very tight knit uh, cohort based peer community where we learn from each other. And it's it's an executive MBA style uh, program. And then last, the book, Scaling for Success, so privileged that Columbia University Press uh, published it uh, back in 2021. It's available on Amazon, uh, Kindle versions, audio versions. Uh, you know, please, please go check it out. And there's a website for the book, scalingforsuccessbook.com. Jeez, listeners, this this guy's got more URLs than uh, than I, I think he knows what to do with. Jeez. Okay, very good. I'm sure we'll have loads of links in the show notes and on the uh, post on the HR Gazette and elsewhere. But that just leaves me for today to say, Andrew, I've done hundreds of these shows, and um, my my favorite conversations are those where I sit back, I shut up, and I learn, and uh, that's what happened today. You're a clever, charismatic guy who uh, who gets to convey ideas in in a way which uh, even folk like me can, can appreciate. Um, so thank you again. Uh, and I've, I've had a great conversation with you. Thanks. Thank you, Bill. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette. 